Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Hey there, I'm Jason McKnight with Ben Hendricks, and we're joined today by a special guest, the inimitable Daniel McKnight. He's clearly one of my favorite sons. <laughs> Dano, welcome. Thank you. Do you know if he insulted you or complimented you? Do you any idea? No. I didn't say one of my favorite daughters. <laughs> no, we're going to turn the tables today, and Dano and I are going to interview Ben. We were talking the other day about student pastors, because nobody really knows what they do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what do they do? What is a student pastor? What is student ministry? And why is a guy like Ben in Kinston, and, and Ben and Janessa, which we're super yeah. excited both of you are. So really what we want to do in this uh, episode here is to help parents discover why we do student ministry, we meaning the body of Christ, yeah. why we invest in middle school, high school students in the special age in their life, and why connection for a student to a group of like-minded students will change their lives. So we're going to rummage around. We'll probably have a little bit of fun with Ben, won't we? (laughs) And hopefully um, build together this idea that we are allies, the body of Christ, the church, in parenting and helping our teens into adulthood. So with that on the table, let's dive in. All right, Ben, just set the table. Like, give us The 5,000-foot overview, what is student ministry? What did they teach you in seminary to say, and what have you learned here? Well, it's mostly what I've learned here, because I don't think they said all that much in seminary. Uh, They did in my seminary. Did they? (laughs) Well, Southern, we just expect everyone to pan out at the end anyways. Uh, For here at Grace, our student ministry is from ages kind of 6th to 12th grade. Well, that's not ages, grades, but 6th to 12th grade. Uh, and that, that means all kinds of different ways and ways that we meet. So we meet on Sunday nights. We're in a large group setting where we have three major things that we do. Uh, hangout time, so fun, but also a time in the middle that is always just centered around worshiping the Lord and understanding His Word. So mm-hmm. a time of worship and a time of, of the preaching of His Word, but then also a time of small groups. Uh, that's been all, very interesting to try to figure out in a time of COVID, but one, right, but, right. but our heart in all of that is that we can be a place where students can come to, to get to know one another and have fun. So that, that first part, but also get to worship the Lord and get to know his word and hear his word and, and have that, what that means and what, what does that mean for them and what to do? But also when they have questions, do they have leaders there and people there that they can ask those too? Mm-hmm. So my heart for student ministry has been, how do we get how do we allow students to have the opportunity to be able to have a good time, to be able to intentionally have the word preached to them at their level? And that oftentimes doesn't mean lower, it means higher, and, more, and but clearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also a place where they can have people who come beside them in life where they can actually ask really hard questions because my, my hope would always be that they can go to their parents. Yeah. But we all know that there are questions that students don't necessarily want to bring to their parents right then. Or they, maybe they don't feel like they can, or whatever that situation yeah. is, that through all of these different avenues, we have built relationships and are building relationships with students where they can have those hard conversations. We do that through life-on-life life groups, those really intentional next-step groups where we get to meet with our students and, and, and not just kind of go through just that face level, like that, low, like that real thin level stuff, 
but actually like ask the hard questions like what like what are you going like what are you going through what are you struggling with uh and just like those like kind of the deeper level stuff Mm -hmm. and but we also do a lot of fun events and we get to like I never want to lose sight of the truth that you know God, God can is wooing people through things like mm-hmm. Bush Gardens mm-hmm. and, and riding roller coasters and and just the amount of conversations that you can have with students by waiting in line to get on the roller coaster. Like my my view of youth ministry is again in the Lord is that He is sovereign; He can use all of these yeah, really great yeah, things. That's right. And so when we meet <clears throat> students with where they are, and we invite them up to something, and God meets us there and does really powerful and incredible things. So that that that's kind of my mm-hmm. high level view. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, what are some of the best and also worst parts about being a student pastor? Oh man, uh, the answer to both is the students. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, well, yeah, uh, man. It's I think one any of, names? Uh, <laughs> no, no. You have, if, if you subscribe and like today and send this, <laughs> we'll have another episode. Uh, no, the the students are a bit of that mix because it's student man. Student ministry is just hard because students are difficult. Like because uh, people are difficult. It's not just because right. of where they are, but uh, you take people who are sinful and we all are and then you add some arrogance in there and a lack of right, life right. experience and we look we all know everything that there is in life at 15 like right. we all do uh and then we realize we didn't right. later but mm-hmm. it's that that thing that's hard ends up becoming one of the greatest values later mm. and even when you're going through that like getting to have a wider and bigger perspective that and some wisdom in that and knowing what the Lord can do, getting to watch him work and do really powerful and cool things and watching students kind of like the switch get like flipped and, and their mentality and their, that view change. And like the first time mm. they get to see the Lord, like as frustrating as it might be, cause it's like, I've said that every week, but no, you heard it then. Right. But praise the Lord you did. Mm-hmm. And so one of the really, I think my favorite thing about student ministry is you're on the front lines for the most part, with students in their walks with the Lord as they're getting to see him. And and a lot of times that means doing really difficult things, like sitting down with them uh, and with their parents and walking through sin. Sometimes it means answering questions that you have no idea how to answer and you fail miserably at answering. And just And a lot of times it means, I don't know, but let me get back to you and we'll figure that out. But you get to be on the front lines with, the, with these students and you're there when they like get to make these big, uh, I think thought like when they take mm-hmm. that big step or when the Lord impacts them. Well, it's kind of like that, you know, at that point in life, you know, somewhere between sixth and twelfth grade, each of us is developing into adulthood. I mean, we yeah. are our whole lives, but at that moment, there's a bit of a weaning away from looking at mom and dad, yeah. and not that it should be that way, but there has been that, and so for the body of Christ and community to have life-on-life leaders and youth leaders and others interested and vested and invested saying the same things mom and dad are saying. Yeah. It's and, just a great thing and being that connection point. And then I guess the older I get and as I step into parenting, like I, 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 I get that even more now, which mm-hmm. is like I want more people who are willing to come alongside. And that's also part of my heart from youth or for student ministry is more like-minded leaders who, who hold the same values. So, um, to the same doctrines, to the same theologies, to the way they see the Lord, but they live it out a little bit differently to help our students see, like, just because, 
Like we all believe that God is sovereign here. Great. But you walk that out in this job. Mm-hmm. But I walk it out in this job. Mm-hmm. And I walk it out by leading my wife and leading my family this way, but you do it that way. And and so I think it's so helpful for our students to know there's not just one specific outworking of these truths. And like that's a helpful thing that you don't yeah. have to end up just like me. You yeah. don't have to end up like them. Like maybe you want to end up over here or wherever. And so it helpful, like, and it adds depth to it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I'm often so passionate about bringing in leaders and having more voices and more faces for students yeah. to know. It adds depth to the faith because it's not just you out there. Yep. You're surrounded by all these people as well. And it's not just you and mom or dad. Yeah. It, but it's others too. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so Sunday nights, there's a lot of fun going on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, tell us something. Tell us something that's happened that you, you're like, I never dreamed that would happen. Yeah, uh, probably two years ago uh, when, or maybe it was last year, when we had a, a cereal night. Uh, so they always go super well. And I had, I had a student, I mean, pour, I think, three different flavors of cereal. Hmm. Like, not even the ones that were like Fruit Loops, Fruity Pebbles, and then like something else. No, yeah. like, it was like Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles. And then some other weird thing. And then toss some candy in there and then finished it all with soda. Like as a milk and said. <laughs> was that you? And no. It was at that point I'm like, man, I, this is why I believe in total depravity. <laughs> but oh, I, I was just it. like blown by, back by that. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever see that. <laughs> That's great. Um, so we all love Janessa. What do you, how do you see her as a gift from God? I better get this one right. You better. Uh, there, the the answer to this is there's a lot of well there's a lot of answers. Uh, putting up with me is one of them. Uh, yeah, listening go. to lots of really bad messages beforehand uh, is another that she helps make fortunately into good ones. Uh, but she offers a depth to the ministry that and the calling that God has given me to a level mm. that I could not touch without her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the easiest way is specifically with the girls. Like she just has an investment in their lives already that, I mean, thank goodness. Like I don't have. Right. Of course. Uh, but that doesn't stop just with the girls. Like I was, I was, I was thinking about this. I was talking with a parent the other day about their student who a couple of years ago had gone through a breakup. And what I remember was this student who's a guy like didn't even come to me and taught mm. and asked me for advice. He went to Janessa. Mm. Like she's just added like a sense of warmth. Like as someone who's leading a student ministry, sometimes you can get stuck in the leadership perspective of, okay, where are we going? What are we going right, to do? Right. And I love to be in our students' lives, but sometimes I and I, I you can miss out on some of the warmth or maybe I just don't have that as much. But Janessa, she had so much of a depth to it. Like students are willing to come ask her for help because. One, she has the ability to hear it and listen mm-hmm. and understand it, but also the wisdom to be able to help direct them well. And the last four years has just been an incredible testimony to that. Like, she I mean, she's super approachable, well. yeah. yeah, and just loves them well. And I'm I'm always so encouraged by that. Like, mm-hmm. I I wonder w- w- how bad our student ministry would be without her. <laughs> so uh, do we. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always recall when I was interviewing here. I don't think I had the job until she came on. And I was like, okay, well, they might as well hire you. You're exactly right. <laughs> I know head that... nods in the, in the studio. <laughs> I know that you came alive in Christ in college. What led you to him? Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
you know, just at the time I was, I was dating a girl. She, and she kind of brought me to a, like, it was kind of like that last check. She brought me to this guy who was a friend of hers who she knew just desperate. Who, he desperately loved the Lord. His name is Demetrius Beer, called Didi. And it was just like, we went out for hibachi one day and it was like that last check. And for whatever reason, like, he started that conversation, asked me how I knew the Lord, and I didn't care to know him, and I didn't. And mm. so he came back to my house, and he needed a place to stay that night, and the Lord, for whatever reason, like before I had a way to verbalize this, he was just like, he's going to stay here. And I'm like, okay, like I think you should stay here. And then we started a conversation. He started asking me questions, and he's, we're texting back and forth, and it was the Lord really taking hold of me. And, and I was asking questions that I didn't know that I was actually looking for the answers for. Hmm. And I would just be like, Didi, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I don't believe in this. And he would come up with answers. Half the time, they they weren't necessarily the best, but they were the answers that the Lord provided for me, and I and I needed them. And so I was, because I was in a place of just really hurting and struggle, and I knew I didn't have life together, and I knew uh, I didn't, I wasn't where I wanted to be. But I didn't want anyone else to know that. Right. And so he was asking questions that no one had ever asked me. And for some reason, he, he came to me with an openness and an honesty and a care that I just didn't, I wasn't surrounded by. Because mm-hmm. I was surrounded by athletes. He was like, how, like what's the next best thing we're going to do? Right. Like, how awesome are we? He was just like, man, like, how are you? Mm. And he inv- so he invited me into something. And it was, just praise the Lord, he did. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you think he's changed you? The Lord? Mm-hmm. Just over the last like couple of years, or just since college. Since college. Yeah, uh, I mean, in a lot of ways. Mm. I think one of the biggest is just a, a sense of humility. Uh, hmm. I, I knew I never had it all together, hmm. but I wanted everyone to think I did, and so the Lord gave me a sense of like emotional honesty and humility to that it's okay to be broken. It's okay to be messy. Uh, it, the good news is he invites us out of that uh, and invites us into, into who he is and the righteousness and to step away from our sin. But I had never been okay with the faults and the failures that I, I saw so prevalent in myself. And so I had always done my best to fake it till I made it and to show that I was stronger and I was bigger and I had everything put together. I was smarter than everybody mm. else. And I, I intentionally... Uh, did little things that would help people feel that about me. Hmm. But the Lord, as as, as, I, as I started taking steps in him, man, I, I just, it was like the Lord invites us to just be open with our brokenness and our, and our messiness and our sin. And to, again, to not stay there simply, but to take steps out of it. And that he's okay with our messiness. Mm-hmm. I just, I, he invited me to step out of the shame of, of failure and mess and sin and the, mm. because of the hope of the gospel, that there is redemption in that, uh, and that was that was such an encouraging thing. Like that, yeah. there's life yeah. in that. Like that's where I found <clears throat> life, and so hmm. I think that was one of the the biggest ways. And there's so many more. But, yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah. Um, how did he give you a burden to become a student or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, student yeah, pastor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I got saved, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. So I just got involved in the local church. I, I just I literally was like, uh, I, I believe in the I believe in the Lord, and I think Christians Christians go to church, and Christians go to churches that preach God's word. Like that's all I knew. I mean, he just I guess gave that to me. So I had nothing to do with that. So I found uh, a church that I knew several people who who loved the Lord were going to, 
and it was uh, New Vision Baptist Church in, near my hometown. And I just got in, and, and I, I didn't know what to do there, but I knew I found life and hope and joy by being there. And so I wanted to spend as much time as I possibly could there. And so I just got involved. I remember I called up the college pastor and said, hey, would you meet me for coffee? I brought my Bible. And he, when he met, I, didn't, I never told him what I, we were meeting about. So he met me and I was just like, I just want to know you and how, I, how do I get involved? Hmm. And I got hooked up with our uh, high school ministry that was there and our middle school ministry. And I just fell in love with what God was doing through his church. I wasn't even sure necessarily what that was. I just, I saw him move and I saw a community and I saw a joy that pastors and the, and the, the people who were working at the church had. I wanted that. And I felt like a little lost in what I was doing. And I was just like, Lord, could you possibly give me this kind of joy or like, invite me? Like, I want I would love to do this because it was kind of mm. that place of the, uh, when Jesus invi- like is talking about, like or he's preaching to his disciples, everyone's leaving. And he was like, are you going to leave too? And I'm like, Lord, where where would we go? And I'm yeah, like, Lord, like right, what else right. would I do other than this? Like I, I just, because I, I'd gone 20 years without knowing the Lord, and He had brought me out of so much kind of just brokenness again and loss. And I was like, where else would I go? I just want to be here. Mm-hmm. And so that gave me such a heart, and I and I I spent two or three years serving there, and got to meet with our senior pastor. We just looked, man, like. We affirm you in this because that was my biggest fear. Is like, am I just faking this till I make it? Do I, do I not know what else to do? So I'm going to do this. He goes, no, no, like we see God move through you. And that meant the world to me. Hmm. Uh, and so went off into seminary and just asked the Lord. I was like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do, but I need, I, I, need, I know I need to go here. And so I need to be, I need to learn and be and prepare. And just over those couple of years, I just grew in having such a heart for student ministry because of the lack of, of witness that I had growing up. Like I know, and I've learned this even more just in my last four years here, of the influence that when parents are connected with a church that, that are willing to talk to their students about the truths of God, how well that works out for their students mm. and how well people are willing to step into just discipleship and into their relations with the Lord when people are constantly being a witness to them. And I was like, man, I missed out on that. I would love to, I think God has such a heart for that. I know he does. And so I want to be a part of that. Hmm. And so we just, we started, Janessa and I started applying and uh, Grace was we are so crazy glad. enough to, to, <laughs> to sign up. And it's true. It, when, when we were interviewing you and Janessa came on the Zoom call that one time that we asked, yeah. like if wise, it was great, but we already loved you. And the, together, it just, uh, it, it has been four years. Really, it's just coming up on four years, isn't it? Yeah. So one of the things you do, uh, you began thinking through and have helped us with, and I think more than anything in our history at Grace, is this idea of transition points in students' lives from elementary school to middle school, from middle school to high school, driver's license, and then from high school to the next phase, like these four key transition points. How did you start thinking about that, and how are you leading into helping kids navigate those? Yeah, uh... Well, one of the beauties of when I got here was I wasn't like I wasn't starting student ministry ex nihilo. Like I was no, right. I was taking investment from from Davis, the guy I mean the guy before yep. me and yep. and it wasn't creating, it was refining. Mm-hmm. And and so I just asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, where how do I how do I take this thing that's working and, and going well and students are a part of and how do I make it like better and grow it and 
like, how do we refine it? And one of the, as I was just processing through this, I was thinking, and there's, there's data on this, but also just trying to think of his wisdom is oftentimes the greatest or the numerically, the, the number one place that we lose people, lose students in their walks of the Lord in ministry itself is specifically in these transition points. Mm. Like if you look at a chart, it's three major upticks at three specific places that transition between fifth and sixth, eighth and ninth, and then college and our 12th in college. And the reason for that is because there are transitions and it doesn't matter where we are in life. Transitions are hard. Yeah. Like it, it never stops. But if that's true, how do my heart was how, if, if, and that's where we're losing people. And I want to, my heart is to, to not lose people, to, right. to be able to meet them where they are. And that, and, and I want to meet them in these difficult situations and go, why, why are these so difficult? And so Again, it's because transitions are hard. So that the, mo- most people are going from a, a children's pastor, a children's director in fifth grade, moving into sixth grade, and then that's a major transition in life. Anyways, you're going from basically being a, like mostly a child, yeah. to to adolescence or like into like early adolescence, and that's a hard transition in itself. But then, yeah, eighth to ninth, taking a step into into high school, that's a hard transition. Where you, a lot of times, people are going from middle school to high school pastor. And then high school to college, which is a major transition. So the idea was, if these are major places that we're losing people, what do we do to help them stick? And so one of the clearest ways for uh, the fifth to sixth grade jump was, uh, was Janessa and myself kind of creating a Grove group, so a children's ministry group, where we got to have our fifth and sixth graders together every Sunday morning, pretty much, I mean, every Sunday morning. And we got to meet them and know them and t- walk them through God's Word because that got them to know us. Mm-hmm. And so that first night of the mill, they weren't walking in to a brand new room right. with no one they knew surrounded by really tall high schoolers. <laughs> they were walking into a room that was into a ministry that was led by the guy who's just walked them through the last two or year or so. Yeah. And, and alongside of sixth graders yeah. who were in their class, but also yeah. already in youth group, some of them. And so the, the like these are like kind of, like transitions are often, again, like I was saying, like difficult and they're hard. They can be a little abrasive. My heart was, how do we soften those a yeah. little bit? Yep. And then how do we set them up for success? Uh, relationships are almost always the greatest way to help set people up for success. Uh, the One of the steps that I'm trying to start taking it for our, our seniors is how do we soften that transition mm-hmm. in, for, into them going to college? So specifically, what are the, what, what other senior or what other, people from our past in the student ministry are already there. How do we get them connected? It doesn't mean they have to be best friends, but do, how do they do yeah. they have their number? And if they need a yeah. ride to church, can they get one? Get them coffee. What are the other churches yeah. that, that are in the area that are worth going? I mean, there's tons, most places, but what are the, like, instead of jumping to the conclusion that all of them are, what are four to try out really fast? Mm-hmm. Because what I found with a lot of that, a lot of that transition is with so many choices, we end up not making any. Right. Paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it was, how do we soften the abrasiveness of these transitions? So it's meeting students with where they are, which is so much of what I think student ministry really is. Mm. So what are some trends that you are seeing in students that you know? Like just, like in their own life or just in student ministry in general or? In their own life. Okay. Uh, They could be good trends or bad trends. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I think like, one thing I found that I've doubled, like students want to meet. 
and they want to be involved in something uh, and they want to have fun. Mm. And so it's not necessarily an uphill battle to get students to meet. Uh, but often when they're not, it's more of a, I think, an indication of where our focuses are and that maybe we need to adjust. So I think hmm. uh, th- this is kind of them, and, like students and student ministry, that a lot of times we're, we're, not in, we're not giving students the opportunity to get to know one another because they are communal. They, they spend a lot of time around people, at least a lot of them, and they want to have fun. They want to uh, be a part of things. And so, so much of student ministry is inviting them into some fun. Uh, and that's a really good thing. Uh, one of the things I love that Young Life uh, does is yeah. the kind of they earn the right to speak. Hmm. And a lot of that is inviting students to have a lot of fun, that you can trust us. And like, I, I think they knock it out of the ballpark on that. Uh, I think uh, one, uh, like a bad trend with students right now, and this will go kind of heady here, and it, it just kind of has to, is a reduction of the value of knowledge. Um, I think right now we're in a trend where because knowledge is easy to obtain, it becomes very cheap. Because facts are easy to obtain. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, facts specifically. And so what, what that naturally has done is cheating has grown because mm. instead, of, hmm. uh, instead of knowledge as being virtue formation, so you go to college, you go to high school, you go to middle school, not because of just getting to know facts, but because it's going to shape you as a person we've reduced it to just getting knowledge right. and and look like it's not necessarily just the student's fault but it's not just like government or anywhere else's fault like but all together i've seen that happen and so i've seen uh, i think cheating just take a huge uptick because why not like who cares like this isn't going to education doesn't really help me it's just a box to check and i'm just going to check it no matter mm-hmm. how i can and i found that's a really difficult thing to overcome is like so much of life is actually forming you as a better man or a better woman. And are hmm. we skipping out on those things because it's easier? That's an up, I found that as a little bit of an uphill battle the last few years. I think we see it a lot because so much of student ministry is simply virtue formation. It's, yeah. Yeah. and it's not reducing it to just let me make you a better person. But God's heart is, uh, I think is inviting us into understanding who he is. Like God's been in the business of, of virtue formation since Genesis one, he made them in his image. Mm -hmm. And so we're walking that out. And sometimes virtue formation just means doing the right thing in the moment. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) That is good though. You know, virtue formation, character formation, instead of just knowledge for knowledge's sake, which that's of course what we talk about as all of our calling, like our calling as ministers. Yeah. Let me go to like, let me tag up on that and think through, like I'm going to ask on behalf of, new parents, maybe they've moved to grace or they're, they're moving into, where have you been teaching wise over the last year or so? Like, what are you imparting to the students in teaching series? Yeah. The last year or ish, uh, we've walked through, we walked through a series on worldview where I've kind of walked them through a couple key principles. What mm. are those principles or like, mm. what are those key points of what a biblical worldview is and what it isn't? Uh, and then what does that specifically mean for us? So not just, yeah. uh, and I, I separate, like I made a five week series into a 10 week series because I thought that time needed to be had, like, here's what it is. So just know that, but here's what we need, what that means that we need to do mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we jumped from that. We spent about a whole semester in that. And then we, uh, jumped into the book of Ephesians. We walked through mm-hmm. that a little bit. And then what was really cool is how the Lord showed up, uh, kind of halfway through this, the year or this uh, yeah, this year we we had a night of worship and prayer, and 
we had a, like one of the stations was where they got, our students got to write out prayer requests and just things that they got to ask us to pray for. And I was convicted by how many times certain things came up and which were things that seemed mostly basic things. Like how does God reveal himself? Can you trust him? Does he really love me? Mm. Like basic things, but unbelievably key foundational things, things that Honestly, they ought, they know they know that they, that you can, but we always need that reminder. And so, yeah. I actually pivoted halfway through the book of Ephesians, going, "Lord, I think you're doing something different here." Hmm. And we did a series called "Back to the Basics," where hmm. I just walked them through. I don't know if I ever said this, but it was basically walking you through a systematic theology book, the first many chapter, <laughs> several chapters, and just trying to make it a little bit uh, catchier, if you will, a little bit uh, more down to earth. And like, what are the things that you need to know? And that are helpful because I think sometimes we, I can get caught up in here are these big things and, let me, and let's walk you through a book because walking through books are helpful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we just need reminders of what are we holding on to and why are we holding on to it? Yeah. And why does it matter? Yeah. So how long does it take you to like craft your sermon? Uh, it, it definitely depends. Uh, I, I spend several hours doing them. The hardest thing for me is uh, getting it down to the points that I think everyone can remember. And it's not because I think students don't have the ability to understand complex things. You guys understand f- unbelievably complex things all the time. It's, I, I want to, I, I like to invite people to, to, like, what's the one thing I'm asking you to change? Mm-hmm. What's the one thing I want you to remember? Because life is giving you so many things that it wants you to remember. Like, that's what marketing is. Know this, do this, whatever. I, I want to give you the one thing that you can take today and actually go, okay, like I'm struggling with this, or I always do this. And I don't want to do that anymore. Or I'm looking to have this kind of life change, or I want to have a better quiet time, or I want to actually see God move, or I just want to see him for the first time or understand him for the first time. Like here's the, there's 10 things you could do, but here's one. Because I think often, as we talked about, like we get that paralysis by analysis. We get stuck into so many things. What's the one thing that you can change today? Or what's the one thing we can do today? Mm. Because you like the last four years have taught me a lot. And one of those things is students can handle so much more than we often give them credit for. Mm-hmm. But we have to make the application really simple. And that's for everybody. Yeah. Like, what what am I supposed to do? So it it takes me a while to get to the... What's the one thing like to the, how do I phrase this? How do I frame it? And then what often, what's the application of that? Uh, and that's what takes me so long is like, I have to understand that it's a heart check for me. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not just one thing I can like, Oh, it's this every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all of us. And that's, that's good to hear that reflected because you know, that's exactly what I'm going through too. Dano, what would you say makes Ben a good preacher, a good speaker, a good communicator to students? I mean, he can really, like, grab you, like, hmm. he really pulls you in so you want to hear what he's saying next. And I think his stories help a lot because you're, I mean, he's a good storyteller. Yeah, yeah, he really is. It, like the other night with the the wedding, you know, mm-hmm. when he's wedding and he's trying to grab the bee. And, you know, it's great. <laughs> Man. If you could tell one thing to a future youth pastor, what would it be? Oh man, uh, well, there's a lot of things. So <laughs> one, but I only get one. Can I give two? Okay, two. <laughs> so I'll give a like a big picture God one, and then a 
kind of a closer to home one. I just am always comforted by the reminder that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Like that can be in anything, but in student ministry specific, because there's a lot of times when it something doesn't necessarily feel worth it and things feel really difficult. And you're like, am I just throwing things in the wind and you end up getting hit in the face with it. And you're like nothing caught. And th- like you get discouraged and sometimes you feel a little desperate in it, but I'm always comforted by the reminder that God uh, has called you to this and God's going to see you through it. And he's sovereign. He has the ability to do all things and he's going to use this and nothing comes back void with him. Mm. Uh, and so that's a big thing. That's a big thing. And so the outworking of that practically is just keep, going Hmm. uh like that's just the practical application of it is don't stop because one student said they don't like you yeah that's right or because one sermon fell flat or five sermons fell flat or more because it happens but to keep pursuing and keep working because what's what i found it so interesting and encouraging is a lot of hard work on the front end ends up bearing a lot of fruit in the back end or even in the moment, like, and a lot of times it's not in the moment, but mm-hmm. it eventually comes to fruition because God is just faithful and he is, and he's in student ministry and he cares about it. Man, yeah. God is sovereign. So keep going. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into student ministry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Lightning round. We'll say two options and you pick your favorite. All right. Beach retreat or mountain retreat? Beach. That's where the Lord is. <laughs> King's Dominion or Bush Gardens? Ah, oh, uh, let's go King's Dominion. Ping pong or Papa Shot? Ping pong. Sean or Ryan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Ryan doesn't listen to these, so <laughs> Sean, since he's in the room. <laughs> We love wait, it. Wait, wait, he's on the student ministry anymore, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. Sean's, <laughs> Sean's graduated. <laughs> hey, um, all right, so last thing, we're going to land the plane here. Yeah. Um, thinking of parents, new parents, what's one or two things that, uh, maybe three if you want, uh, that you would love to impart to parents as we love our kids into adulthood? <laughs> yeah, just sum it up uh, holistically and forever. <laughs> uh, at least the first one is definitely an encouragement, uh, and it's, Parents, you need to know you're important. Like, mm. you just need to know that. That all throughout, I believe, the Bible, when God talks about the raising up of students, so, I mean, Deuteronomy 6, he speak, he's speaking primarily to parents. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's inviting you to take uh, charge and to take ownership of your children's formation. Like, student ministry is an unbelievably important and I think a helpful part of that. But parents just you need to know you're so important to the way you're raising your kids mm-hmm. like they're gonna look back and it, look all of the, there are gonna be so many difficulties and parents know this even more than I do even as I'm just now stepping into it <clears throat> but God is using parents to change the world right now through their kids like their kids will one day and are, are already little followers of them and they're listening because here in and they're just always taking that in because, and really the second, the third thing was because students are sponges. Mm. Students are always listening. I look, if I, I kids hear are so, always listening. I hear so often of parents who are like, man, I cannot get anything across. They don't, they never listen to me. It seems like that all the time. But the amount of times that I've heard students repeat things that I know their parents say, or 
what's really humbling is things that I say that I wish they mm-hmm. necessarily wouldn't have repeated mm-hmm. is so often because students are always listening. They're never, they, they may tune out from time to time, and they, and they often tune out, but they're always hearing and processing and taking that in. That's good. And so the good reminder for us is, one, that parents, you are so important. Be involved in your students' discipleship. Don't leave it to quote to the professionals. Like yeah. that God's called you to more. God's mm-hmm. given you yeah. a witness and a responsibility that it doesn't matter how educated I can get to or how well I can preach something. It doesn't matter how often, how great the trip is. Like God's given parents a responsibility mm. and a voice that no leader, no youth pastor can ever have speak yeah. because they're always listening. And so the good comfort there is the reminder, I think, that discipleship is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I love to encourage and remind people of, so leaders in our youth group, even our students, to our parents, to even men's ministry, mm-hmm. is that uh, discipleship always takes time. Yeah, Like when God is forming people, that sanctification as he's growing his people, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. The way I like to l- talk about it is I think the way Jesus talks about it, which is to think agrarian. Yes. Mm. That he's that like there's a time of planting and, you know, you can throw the seed. And if you're waiting for for the the fruit of the of that labor right then, you're going to you're going to fall flat. Like because it's not it's going to take a couple weeks or months or however long it takes. And you have to wait. But it's not just waiting. It's also watering. It's also making sure it's in the right area. And it's making sure nothing comes and gets it like it's protecting. Like there's so much to mm. discipleship, but God's called you specifically to it because you're a parent. Yeah. And you have the ability to because you love the Lord and you know him and you get to impart him. So the pressure is not on the parents as to know something just huge. They get to impart Jesus. What a gift. Yeah, that's great, Ben. So parents, crucial, kids, sponges, discipleship <laughs> marathon. Yeah, that's what it is. That's great. That is a great one, two, three. Thank you for sharing your heart, your passion, your love of the Lord and of people like Dano. Dano, thank you for risking it, coming in here to share with our group. And y'all, thank you for joining us here on Encounter Grace. We would love for you to uh, share this out and help other people grow and get to know a guy like Ben. We'll see you next time. Thanks for coming. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.